Well, good evening, everyone. Praise the Lord. It's good to have y'all. The kids are practicing, so you might hear some loudness back there. But thank you for joining us online, either tonight or later this week. I pray that you're blessed and highly favored. Tonight, I want to talk to us uh, about a subject that I think is so important. Forgive. Everybody say forgive. Forgive. I really feel like um, in this time frame, we're around our families, we're around people that uh, we should love. And we're around some folks that uh, that we struggle to love. And so I want to talk about forgiveness. Uh, I want to talk about it from a different angle tonight, though. Um, and I'm going to be talking. My message for uh, for uh, Christmas Day is going to be our Christmas message. I'm going to briefly talk about the gift of forgiveness. And uh, it's going to be something that uh, has affected me so personally. So I'm going to be talking about that anyway. Uh, we have new merch coming. I have a little sample here to see the kingdom. Uh, next year's theme uh, is going to be kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. And we've got a bunch of new merch coming. And uh, you should see the foyer. You, If you haven't seen it and you're watching, man, you should see all the improvements we've made around here. And uh, we're looking forward to you coming and being a part of that. It's beautiful out there. And uh, we're looking forward to it. I want to uh, just address, uh, talk about forgive, but from a little different angle uh, tonight. And we are going to dive in. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight, Lord. We ask that your presence fill our minds and our hearts, Lord. I pray today that you speak to every one of us, those that are watching online. I pray that they receive their hearts to be open, their minds to be clear. Lord, let us Lord, not just hear the word, but be doers of the word. In Jesus, forgive, forgive, forgive. It's been on my heart, my mind. It's a theme of the scripture. It is a theme of the New Testament. It is the theme of the cross. It is what we are striving towards, forgiveness. We want forgiveness, and we're talking about getting forgiveness as well. But I want to talk about it from a, a little bit um, a different angle that the Lord has been talking to me. I want to talk about it from a guilt factor. I want to talk about the guilt factor when we need forgiveness. The guilt factor when we need forgiveness. Now, I, I hope that you receive what I've got to say because I really believe, pray today that you'll really take notes, understand, go back and watch it again because I think this is going to really help us. I think it's going to help you because it's mostly about ourselves. I'm going to say myself. myself. The Bible says what? To love your neighbor as your what? Myself. Yourself. And I've been talking about this a lot. Loving ourselves. Loving ourselves. And guilt is the anti-love of, of ourselves. Um, guilt is, is, is horrific in our lives. The guilt factor is real. Three things in our lives. Um, have you ever dreamt about something you did when you were a kid that was stupid that you wish you could go back and fix? And, and all of a sudden, the whole damn long, you're still feeling guilty about it. And it, didn't, it happened 25 years ago. You know, you're like, oh man. Recently, I saw that The Rock, uh, the uh, the actor The Rock, uh, went back to Hawaii and he went to a gas station and he started purchasing all their candy bars in the whole store, uh, a particular brand. I think it was Snickers or or something. Uh, because he had stolen so many candy bars from that particular gas station growing up that he wanted to set the record right. He said his guilt was getting to him. He, anybody else, the store owner, it was even a different store owner, but he felt in his heart, in his mind, set something straight for himself. In our lives, if we're not careful, we will allow, carry them in manners and ways 
that even though they happened when we were children or a kid or a teenager or a college student or even uh, as we were even younger than that, what we find in our lives is that the guilt factor will prevent us, it will prevent us because we can't go back in time and fix it. We have to deal with it. So the guilt factor is so, so important to understand. So tonight, as I said, it's a little different angle about forgiveness because I want you to, to understand the guilt factor when we need forgiveness. So let's look at, there's four things here. Guilt creates fear in our lives. How many know that? Guilt is the opposite, the antithesis of faith. Guilt makes us do things that we normally wouldn't do. It makes us be shy when we shouldn't. It prevents us from participating when we should. Guilt is that thing that makes us mm, fearful. When I did as, as a kid, uh, someone will, will say, did, don't I remember you at that party or whatever? And you'll, oh God, I can't even be around them people. Because why? Because I'm a fear. And they're not thinking about it most likely, 99.9%. They forgot about it. It happened so long ago. The second thing is I'll be rejected. When they find out, they'll reject me. They'll, they'll reject me for something that happened. We are living in crazy times, and this is happening to people where things are being found out that you did as a child, and all of a sudden you're, you're being canceled or you're being uh, 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 you know, ostracized in our communities. And in our, our, I think that's very unfortunate. I think that... When we were children, we saw adults grow and learn, and if we have grown and learned, we should be given that second chance in whatever we've been doing or have done. So we will be rejected. So especially in today's hour, man, don't let anybody find out what happened because they will judge me not by who I am right now or what I've become, but, but what I did as a stupid teenager, right? So... <clears throat> that's a great fear. So fear, some will retaliate for what I've done. And fourthly, that God is going to judge me. How many know that once you have repented of something and it's in your past, that God remembers it no more? The only way he can remember it is if you remind him. <clears throat> so I want to encourage you. Guilt creates fear. Guilt is this thing that if we're not careful, we will carry around as the ghost of our past. Are the ghost of our our things in our our heart that we have long forgot about, but somehow the enemy is so good at dragging them up and dragging them out. It's like he has a specialty in this department because he knows the fear, and fear is not of God. Fear will take you in paths that will cause depression, anxiety. It will cause all the things that are anti-God. So recognize that God's not going to judge you. Number one. And if you approach it in a godly manner, doesn't matter who finds out or if you're rejected. By the way, if you're rejected for somebody, something you did when you were a child, you don't need those people anyway. Move on. Um, you, you have better people to be around you and care for you. And, of course, the retaliation factor. So Jesus was the perfect example of forgiveness. Now, I just want to read this for you because he truly shines a light in his actions about what he did in an example of forgiveness. Let's read this in Luke 23. In Luke 23 um, and uh, verse 27 through 37, this is now trailed along behind him. This is Jesus, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, now Jesus had been tried in a kangaroo court. Jesus had been whipped. 
He had been stripped of everything. He had been mocked. He had been all lied upon. All those things. And now he was on the way to the cross. He was on the way to Calvary. I want you to think about. I want you to think about all the people that were there. And it says the grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said, "The daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but what? Weep for yourselves." Jesus, in that moment, while carrying his cross, now don't you think about this, the God of heaven and earth, takes a moment to remind the people that are around him, don't weep for me. You need to weep for yourselves. Because what I'm doing will bring forgiveness. You need to get that forgiveness. Weep for yourselves. He goes on and says, two others, this is uh, later, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. We know the thieves, the thieves on the cross, right? And finally, they came to a place called the Skull, or Golgotha in the King James. All three were crucified there. Jesus on their side. And then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. I want you to think about it. He said, weep for them, forgive them. He was in a place of dead rights that he should have been mad. He could achieve. They did all these things. They wrongly accused him, but yet he was in a mode where I am fixing to die and I must have forgiveness. Don't you think about that for a minute. Forgiveness must come. Don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambling for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched. The leaders laughed and scoffed. And then it says, they said uh, about Jesus, he saved others, they said. He saved himself if he really... Oh, imagine if he would have pulled himself off the cross. <laughs> imagine if he would have taken himself down and he would have done what he felt like doing. What he in his human flesh wanted to do. But it was all about purchasing our salvation now, wasn't it? It was about purchasing that forgiveness that we can't buy ourselves. So they offered him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Remember, he said, don't weep for me. What did he say? Weep for yourself. Weep for yourselves. That's a whole sermon within itself. Weep for yourself. If you watch the crucifixion, I'm sure you would weep. I'm sure that you would barely be able to watch if you could even watch. I cannot imagine the agony and the screams and the blood and the, and the, and the guts and, 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 and all the, the humanity of, of how people treat each other. And yet Jesus said, no, 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 don't, don't weep for me, weep for yourselves. And they said to him, why don't you save yourself? That's why he was trying to get them to understand you need to weep for yourselves. Because forgiveness is what's being purchased here. And you don't even know what you're doing. So what I wanted you to get from that is the fact that Jesus <clears throat> came and he purchased our salvation. He brought us this amazing example of forgiveness. And Jesus shows us in this moment of his life of buying and purchasing our salvation... How? The Bible says he opened not his mouth. The Bible says he didn't defend himself. The Bible says that he went to the sheep, went to the slaughter, the sheep went like a sheep unto the slaughter. In, in this moment, we see Jesus in the greatest act of forgiveness ever recorded, in my opinion. So, 
What we usually do with guilt, we're talking about what I need, the forgiveness I need, the forgiveness that Christ has already purchased for you when it involves guilt in your life. What we usually do with our guilt is, one, we bury it. Never say amen. <laughs> in all kinds of, we stay noisy. We stay, we don't like as a silent, and then we have to deal with the fear that's attacking our hearts and our minds. It's called guilt. Not only do we bury it, uh, Psalm 32 says this, when I refuse to confess my sin. Now, a part of guilt is not confessing our sin, saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Listen, so-and-so may be gone and not even a part of your life anymore, but you can say to the Lord, Lord, if you've never repented for that. Look, I, I'm, I believe and preach that you know when we repent, that we don't have to remember every single sin, but when one comes and plagues your mind, when one comes and is constant in your dream or in your life, or it always comes up in a form of guilt and fear, I think it's time you address it with Jesus. I think it's time you make an altar about that situation. When I refused to confess my sin, the psalmist wrote, I was weak and miserable. Can I get an amen? I groaned all day long. My strength evaporated like water in summer heat. Finally, I confessed. Finally. Finally. Come on, someone say finally. 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 <laughs> I confessed all my sins to you, Lord. Right? And stop trying to hide them. Do you know that the Lord is the greatest secret keeper you'll ever have? And it's weird how sometimes we pray to the Lord like he is going to sit across and make fun of us. You almost don't want to say the sin that you've committed because you're afraid. It's like if you say it out loud, it's going to be true. It's going to be, you know, if you, Lord, forgive me for, uh, Lord, all my sins. No, be specific. Lord, forgive me for robbing that store when I was a child. Uh, he's already forgiven you, but this is about you forgiving yourself. This is about you loving yourself and finding that forgiveness in Christ. I, I, I think it's so important that you recognize that because when you said, Lord, forgive me all my sins, he was faithful and just to forgive you, as John writes to us, of all your iniquity, all your sin. But it's us that need the forgiveness so that we can go on and live in this clear conscience, in this godly conscience. You say, Pastor, why does God just give me that? Because we're human. We're fallen flesh. We have brains that remember things, and that's not something God's going to deliver you from. If he does, you're going to see him real quick, because you need your brain to live. Amen. So recognize that. Finally, I confess all my sins to you, Lord, and, you, and, and stop trying to hide them. Listen to what he says uh, in 32 and 5. Uh, 32 and 3, rather. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my what? Guilt is gone. All my guilt, the psalmist wrote. Not your guilt, your guilt, God. You know, no. One of my favorite passages in the scripture is Psalm 51, when we look and David had committed adultery with uh, Bathsheba. And David had, come on in, sis. God had, had convicted him, sent the prophet Nathan, you know, Dave, Nathan, you know, David, you're the one that has sinned, right? Right? My favorite passage is when David says, against thee and thee only. Not one time in Psalm 51 does he mention Bathsheba. Now, mind you, Bathsheba was out there on the deck, naked, bathing herself, and she knew the king was watching. 
Mind you, she allowed, he called to her, she came, she didn't say, no, nah, I'm busy, I got a no, no, she was right there, right? She, right, so she was as, as much guilty as he was, but guess what? David never mentioned her name, because it was not about her. He didn't try to shed, oh, she would have been out there, God, you know, I can't believe you let her, no, no, she, no, no, David understood very clearly, hey, this is not about her, this is about me. Against thee and thee only did I sin and cause this great tra travesty in, in your sight. We look and see that here the psalmist writes and said, I, I, When I confessed all that sin, I found forgiveness and you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. So what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about what forgiveness I need when I'm facing guilt in my life. When guilt is plaguing me. When the fear of that guilt is causing, I need forgiveness. I need forgiveness not just from God, but mostly for myself. For me to let myself be free from that stuff that's hanging on to my emotions and to my heart. Amen? So Proverbs 28, this is what Solomon writes. He says, you will never succeed in life if you try to what? Hide your sins. Hide your sins. Sometimes this has to do with sin in our life. Sometimes it's secret sin. Sometimes it's sin that we don't even know we're committing. Uh, sometimes it's sin that God comes and confronts us with and we don't understand. We didn't know or understand that that was sin. But for God to confront us, that's when we must do something. So when we confess that sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of that sin. But there are a lot of times in our life where it's not connected. It's connected to a, maybe a sin in our child, something that's already been forgiven that just won't leave your emotional being. It won't leave your mind. It's something that happened to you as, as a child or a teenager or a college student. Or it maybe happened two years ago. I don't know. You know. And you can't let everything just ride because when you have guilt about things. Have you ever been put on a guilt trip? Huh? Right? Uh, moms are really good at this. Right? Moms are fantastic at this. What? You're not going to be at Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, I can't. I just can't, I can't believe it. I, I just, and you get put on, oh God, okay, what am I going to do? She's feeling it. She, oh, 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 I can't believe it. And you get put on a guilt trip and you get on an airplane and you go see mom. That's a guilt trip. But the devil does the same things to us. The enemy of our soul does the exact same thing to us. He calls us through our dreams or through our, our, our conversation or through our daydreams or through our times. We get reminded of something. We pass a neighborhood or a street corner or a, a restaurant or we smell a familiar smell and it makes us go back to a place we wish we'd never remember. Amen? And we go, what? I don't need to hide this. I'm not afraid of this anymore. It's in my past. Lord, take this from my mind. Don't let the enemy use it as fear. That I what I might get find out, might get judged, and all that stuff. Let it go. Everybody shout, let it go. Someone say amen. amen. So not only do we bury it, but we blame others. We talked about David, right, blaming others, or how he didn't blame others. But there are many examples where we find that that we do blame others. It's not my fault. And what what did what did Adam do to Eve? You know, I mean, it was immediate. You know, it was Eve's fault. You know, um, and it was truly Adam's fault, right? Because God set him as the as the man of the of the garden, and when we look at these 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 stories, we can see this. But when we take our guilt and we bury it, we also tend to blame others. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I have found that when I take 
uh, when I take uh, uh, the ability to say, you know what, it was my fault. Guess what? I get to fix it now. I'm the one that dictates the terms of forgiveness. I'm the one that's able to say, it was my fault, and I take full responsibility for that. But guess what? <laughs> I'm moving on. I'm not going to let you hold me hostage from that mess. I'm not going to let you throw up my face because I'm going to shout it from the mountain. You think you've got me because why? Because I want it secret? No, you can tell whosoever you will because you don't understand. I've been delivered from that and everybody else will see that and they'll only think you as being petty and small because that's what you are. In your life, you're going to have people that try to dredge up your stuff, right? And bring guilt and fear. So let's not play the playing game. Jesus never said, it's you Jews. You know, no, he opened not his mouth, right? He said, don't pray for me, pray for yourself. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They're, they're ignorant of what they're doing, Father. So forgive them. Don't blame others. Genesis 3 and 12, this is Adam. Yes, Adam, but it was a woman you gave me who brought me some of that stuff. And I ate it. It's always somebody else's. That's from the beginning of time, ladies and gentlemen. In Proverbs 19, people's own foolishness ruins their lives, but in their minds, they blame God. They blame the Lord in their minds. So many times we make decisions that are wrong decisions, and we hate paying consequences. We're human. Of course we don't want to pay consequences. But the greatest gift you'll ever have is being released from guilt through confession. Confessing to God. I would be very careful who else you confess to. I would be so careful who you confess to. I would just use Jesus because he's, he's a great person to, to just bury your soul to, right? And if you, if you need somebody else, then find a therapist that's licensed that you can sue if they talk about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> amen. <laughs> so, they're, they're client-patient privilege, and uh, you, you, can, you can bury your soul. So what do we usually do with guilt? We bury it, we blame others, and then we what? We beat ourselves up over it. How many, I mean, we've all done this, right? We've all been in a place where just, oh, I can't believe I did that. I'm so awful. I'm terrible. And can I get an amen? amen. We've all been there. We've all done this. And uh, if we're not careful, we will pitch a tent and live there. We will build a house, brick house, and we'll mortar it and build a fence, and we'll reside ourselves up. It's called lack of self-confidence. It's called lack of motivation. It's called lack of being able to go forth and live your life as it is intended to be lived. You're always in the corner. You're always behind. You're always wondering. You're always scared. You're always in the background because you fear that if people really get to know you. We build walls. We don't build relationships. We build walls. Our relationships become through our walls. So it's like a plexiglass relationship. Do you ever go to McDonald's and hate talk? Or right now, especially, everybody's got these plexiglass stupid things, right? I hate talking. You can't hear. You can't understand. They're all like, oh, what'd you say? You know, and that's the communication, if we're not careful, that we build in our lives. Why? All because we're not forgiving ourselves and we have not dealt with the guilt, the fear caused by guilt. We haven't just allowed ourselves to be free. Free. Everybody shout free. Free. Free from the law of sin and death. That's what Christ came to do. To free you from that horrible thing called sin.
So we beat ourselves up. Watch uh, as we go into the scripture. Psalm 38, verse 4 and 6. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. This is, <laughs> you ever been there, right? I am bowed down and brought low all day long. I go about mourning. Don't, really, don't, don't speak their name, but how many of you know someone that they, they this is where they live? They, they, something happened in their life. You ever watch those movies where a, a father abandons a son early in their life, and then he tries to get back in their life, and and the the, the pain is so horrible, and and there's no forgiveness, and and then there's this whole movie about how the dad's trying to do everything he can to help and and be a part of the son's life, but they keep being rejected. You know, it, the dad's brought low. He's brought low by this. This horrible thing. All day I go about mourning. What Jesus wants us to do with our guilt. Let's look at that. So we've learned very quickly what we do. When we hide it. We blame others. We beat ourselves up. But let's look at what Jesus wants us to do with our guilt. How he wants us to react to this, uh, this act of fear. This place of fear that we have been in in our lives. All of us. There's nobody that I'm talking to online or in this room tonight that hasn't dealt with this thing called guilt and fear. It's human. It's a human experience. So don't feel bad. Feel empowered today that you can overcome it. And that you can walk from it and move away from it. Name it for what it is. Stop hiding from it. Call it out. The Bible says, uh, and Jesus wants us to admit it. If I say admit it, admit it. I just said call it out. Admit it. Again, you don't have to admit it and stand up at church and say, When I was 15, I... <laughs> no, I'm saying... Talk to the Lord. If you have truly, listen, every best friend has a best friend who 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 has a best friend. And it goes on eternally. Am I right? So be careful who you tell. I have confidants. I have people that are my, they're, they're my souls uh, are connected and we're that close. I can tell them that I, you know. Whatever. And they are going to love me, pray for me, and not repeat it. And those are valued, valued relationships in our lives, right? Tell it to Jesus. Find somebody that you can confide in, that you know won't judge you, know won't treat you funny afterwards, won't look at you weird, right? We all have that person, I hope. And if you don't, you need to find that person. Because that is an important part of the human experience. Having someone else that can walk, oh, oh come on now. Don't do life alone. Come on. Do it. My wife is my confidant. I can, my wife, I can tell her anything. I can tell Chris' mother anything. I'm fortunate because I have more than one, right? But I've developed these, these relationships over my entire life. I've tested them. Have you ever been tested? Right? I love to tell somebody something and wait and see if it comes back to me. I do it all the time. With people I don't really know, right? So I, I meet all these guys and the ministry training and all that stuff, and I'll, I'll be telling them something. I'll tell them something. I'll just wait and see if it comes back to me. <laughs> Why? Because in ministry, you better keep your mouth shut, or you're not going to be trustworthy and you can't help anybody. Because if people find out you're talking about whatever you're telling you, you'll never minister to them. You'll never be effective in God's kingdom as a minister of God. Amen? Amen. So important factor. So I test these guys. I'll give them a nugget. Unimportant nugget, but a nugget. You know, and I'll wait and then see if I hear it back. Because why? Because I want to train them up so that they can be good stewards of God's kingdom. So, admit it. Everybody say admit it. Amen. Proverbs twenty twenty seven. The Lord gave us a mind. Someone say amen. Yeah. 
and a conscience. Yes. We cannot hide from who? Ourselves. You know the worst version of you. And you still got to love yourselves. Did you hear what I just said? Love your neighbor as yourselves. You know the, ver the absolute worst version of you. And yet you have to let Jesus Christ be your God and your Savior and the one that will help you forgive yourself as he forgives you. So, we cannot hide from ourselves. 1 John 1, 8 says, If we claim to be without sin, John says, uh, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. How many know we're all sinners? Amen? I said, how many know we're all sinners? Amen? Amen? Saved by the mercy and grace of Christ. Saved by the grace. So can that grace also preserve me in my guilt? Can that grace give me something that I can be able to overcome with in the midst of my fear? Can mercy reach me in my fear? It already has. You've got to take advantage of it. You've got to walk in it. Christ gave you this gift of salvation, and so many of us accept it for a moment, and we put it back on the shelf, and we continue to walk in fear and things that we think that are real. I get so weary with people that think that they were such a horrible sinner that Christ can't forgive them. I'm like, uh, really, is your name Ted Bundy? Or, uh, you know, uh, by the way, God can forgive Ted Bundy as well. He can forgive anybody. So, that's pretty arrogant for you to think that your sin is so great. God, God cannot forgive you. That's pretty arrogant on your part. You won't get forgiveness when you think that God is unable. They're magnifying the sin and not magnifying the God. That's right. That's so good. I love that. So we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So what does it say in Lamentations 3 and 40? This is an important passage. Let us examine. You know, if we never take time to examine our ways... Examine, examine. Uh, this is a great time of year to examine ourselves. Uh, to examine your life. What, what, how's the year gone? What do you need to change? What are some things that you know God's calling you to do, but you haven't done them because you're just too lazy to do them? You haven't done them because you have guilt that's riddling you and you feel unworthy to do them. I have so many people that I try to say, come on, God makes you worthy. His grace is sufficient. He loves you. Come on. Participate in his kingdom like you were called to do. Let us examine our ways and test them. So, what happens? You gotta admit it. The second thing is admit accountability, or rather, responsibility. And that brings accountability. Um, responsibility in your life is so important to you. It's because my childhood was rough. In the Word of God, they were. Paul could have never been the missionary that he was if he hadn't. <laughs> It's their fault. It's my mom's fault. It's my dad's fault. My, my, I was harmed when I was a kid. My neighbor. It's their fault. It, no! God called you. We are his children, and we have to accept responsibility. If we don't, we'll never overcome like he wants us to overcome. James 5 and 16, what does he say? He says, admit your faults one to another and pray for each other that you may, what? Be healed. The issue of forgiveness is healing. What do you think about the guilt that uh, you may struggle with? If you're online tonight or you watch this at a later date, I want you to think right now about the guilt, something that has caused you. I apologize for bringing it up, but I want you to think about it for just a second and how it's debilitated you. I want you to think about how it's caused you pain, how it's harmed you in such a way that it's now harming others. 
you haven't said anything, but they, your actions have now been able to see harm in others' lives because you have refused to accept the forgiveness that Christ purchased for you on Calvary. He loved you so much that he purchased your clear conscience. He purchased your salvation. He purchased by the blood of Christ. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. There is a place for you of cleanliness in your mind. There is a place where you can... It doesn't mean you won't remember, but it will take the sting. Sin is a stinger, the Bible tells us. And he came that he might remove that stinger. Paul had a thorn in his flesh, but God said what? My grace is sufficient. He never let that thorn. Three times he asked. And God said, I, look, you keep asking, I'm going to give you the same answer. My grace is sufficient. He never removed, we have no record of God removing that thorn. But Paul went on and did the work of God despite his thorn. It wasn't, a, by the way, it was a, the Bible says it was a messenger from Satan. It was not his eyes or some ailment. I don't believe that for any amount. It was, well, what people say, well, how do you know it's not his eyes? Well, God healed him from blindness. You're telling me my, my God only heals part way? That my God is not a true healer of eyes? Would he, I don't think so. I think he healed him completely. This was a messenger from Satan. This was so personal, we don't know what it was. But we do know that it tormented him, that it brought guilt to his life. And he had to deal with it once and for all. Okay, his grace is sufficient. Can you say it with me? His grace is sufficient. Paul understood in that moment that I've got to keep going. I can't go off the missionary trail because I'm having a bad day. I can't leave my preaching because I'm, well, poor me. I had something I did and I shouldn't have done it. And now I'm, maybe it was Stephen. I don't know. Maybe it was him feeling that pull of, of great grief and hurt from what he did. He did, but he didn't, he didn't shy away from it. He went on and did the will of God in his life. How many of us have stopped doing what God has called us to do because we think we're unworthy? What if they find out, Pastor? I've had this conversation recently. What if somebody finds out about what I was when I was out there in the world? I was, Pastor, you don't know what I did, man. I was this, that. They told me all this list of things. And I said, la, 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 la. I don't care. I don't want to know because if God doesn't care, I don't care. And God doesn't care because he forgave them of that years and years ago. But they cannot find forgiveness for themselves. They're living in a pool of guilt. And they're swimming around in fear. And God is trying to deliver them. I prayed over them. They wept and they cried. But they cannot get through it at this point in time. I continue to pray over them that God's grace would be revealed in their... I hope they watch this tonight because I really, I carry them in my spirit because it is such a crippling factor in their walk, in their life, in their family. It has prevented them from being truly the person that God called them to be. So let's say amen. So admit it, accept responsibility, and then thirdly, I think it's very important, how many of you ask constant forgiveness from God? I'm a, I, I have a practice because I'm a sinner. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I have bad days. I have people that cut me off the freeway that I probably shouldn't say the things that I do or do the things that I do. Or We all have those days, right, where we say things, wish we wouldn't have said, do things we wish we wouldn't have done. And we know we have sinned, but we also know we serve a God who is what? Faithful and just to forgive our unrighteousness when we what? Ask. Ask. He is our Heavenly Father. We, we walk and live in grace. We are pulled up by His mercy. And if none of what I just said is true, then we are living a lie. And I'm not living a lie. And you aren't either. God loves us so much that He said, I have a plan to forgive you. I knew you're in from your beginning. I knew that car was going to pull out in front of you. I knew you were going to flash them a bird that shouldn't be flying. Uh, I, I know these things, and I am going to... All you got to do is ask. Someone shout ask. 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 Ask for forgiveness. It's that simple. It's that plain. It's, it's such an interesting um, factor for humans when we talk out loud and we hear it with our own ears. When we ask for forgiveness... I, uh, I, as a young person, you know, young, I was very young, just married, youth pastor, and I, I did something as a youth pastor that was just, just, I don't know, it was just, I look back later and I was like, man, I, I said something to a young lady, they came to our church and they were guests, and I said something to them about the way that they were dressed. They were dressed very scantily, and I, I used a word and words that were not kind. And I went through life. I woke up in the middle of the night. This was 20 years ago. And they, there they were in front of me in my face. And God was standing there. And he had his arms folded towards me. He was just like, it's been, I don't know, it had been 10 years maybe. I don't know how long it had been. I'm 54 now, so I thought I'm flies. We were having fun. And I had to, I, I woke up and I, I began to weep. And I repented to God first and foremost. And then I went and found that person. They lived in a different state. And my wife and I drove. And I went and I, I repented to their family. I felt like I could have called. I, I got in the car and I drove and I repented to their face. And they, were, they didn't even know what to do with me. I was crying and I knocked on their door. <laughs> you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. Are you okay? Something happened. Who, you know, I haven't seen you in so long, you know. And I repented that day. And then we wept together eventually because they also released their anger towards me because it had harmed them and it had hurt them. And it had caused them to question God in many ways. And I, to this day, still check on them because I carry them in my spirit, right? I pray over their name. They have a family now. They're married. They have children. They're living a wonderful life. God's blessed them. But I know that I played a very small role in harm as an ignorant person who did not understand what I was doing. I thought I was righteous, and I was wrong. I wasn't righteous at all. I was ungodly. I did it into the guise of righteousness, and I didn't mean in my spirit for it to be wrong. It didn't okay it. It didn't make it okay. I was wrong. So I went and I, I repented to them. I did that. Um, uh, and it was, for years, I still carried it a little bit because I still felt this guilt because they had said to me, you really did harm me. 
And they, you know, were honest with me that day. <laughs> I wish they kind of would have not been honest with me, but I'm glad they were because they told me the truth of how bad I had really hurt them, you know, and the embarrassment that I caused them. So I, I, had to, I had to make that. God made me. Now, maybe God doesn't speak to you that way. Maybe he doesn't make you get in a car and drive out of state. I don't know. But I do know that whatever God is telling you, you should do to get your own forgiveness and the guilt leaving your life. God woke me up with her face in front of me and wouldn't let it leave. And he spoke to me very clearly what I should do that day. So I did that. It took me about a month and a half to do that, by the way. Because I, I just tried to pray for him and see if God would accept that. <laughs> Hopefully in Jesus' name. No, I had to get in a car and drive to Ohio. So... In my life, I've experienced this, where if you're not careful, you'll carry things that God's trying to get out of your life. Hey, Nate, come on, deal with it. Get it out of your life. Quit letting it torment you and cause you trouble. Ask for forgiveness. If you know that person, you know you hurt them, find a way to ask for forgiveness. Repent. Be ready for their anger. But you got to receive that in love. So ask for forgiveness. Ask forgiveness from the Lord. Some of you might sit and say, well, Pastor, I have a lot of people that need to come ask me for forgiveness. I mean, can I tell you something? There's a secret in this. That if you will ask for the things that you need forgiveness for and forgiving yourself and removing that guilt, you're going to be amazed at how that works to find yourself being forgiven from others. It's miraculous. Okay, I'm almost done. Everybody say amen. <laughs> Are you getting anything out of this tonight? Yeah. First John 1 9. If we freely admit that we have sinned, freely, everybody say freely, freely. we find God utterly reliable. I love this way. This is, I love this. Uh, the way he's put. If we freely admit that we've sinned, we find God utterly reliable. He hates someone that's puffed up and tries to lie to him. Hates it. He forgives our sins and makes us, what, thoroughly clean from what? All that is easy. When we are freely saying, oh God, I, I'm so sorry, I messed up. Right? We don't try to hide it. We don't try to tuck it away. We don't try to carry it around and form guilt about it. God is quick to forgive us. All have sinned, Romans 3, Paul writes, Yet God declares us not guilty. How many are thankful for this? Amen. Amen. God declares us not guilty. When are you going to stand up in the courtroom of your own life and say, I'm not guilty. I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven. If we trust in Jesus Christ, who is, who in mercy freely, there's that word again, takes, our, takes away our sins, freely takes away our sins. We've all sinned. Yet God declares we're not guilty. So, what does Jesus want me to do with my guilt? This is a great question. i got answers. So, remember this. If you're watching or you're in the room, God forgives instantaneously. How many are thankful for that? Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful that he forgives me instantaneously. That it's not something I have to go earn. I have to go pray about six months and give him the... No. He forgives me instantaneously. When I what? As John said, ask... His forgiveness. Amen. He is faithful and just to forgive all of our unrighteousness. If we only will ask, admit it, 
take responsibility for it. Allow ourselves to be drawn in to the love of God. So, God forgives. Number two, God forgives what? Completely. There's a lot of things you're praying about that God is not remembering. Because you've already repented over them, and he's already thrown your sin as far as the east is from the west. So the guilt you're carrying is something that God does not even remember. Because he forgave you the first time you asked. I want you to think about what I just said. God, I get overwhelmed emotionally. God forgave you the first time that you asked. Why do you keep carrying it around in a suitcase? Saying, but God, let me remind you how bad I am. Lord, let me, let, you don't remember, God, this is what I did. And he's saying, I don't remember because I have removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. I have delivered you from that. Why are you still carrying that fear around? Why is your full your suitcase full of guilt for things I've already forgiven you? I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. God is trying to speak to you online. He's trying to speak to all of us in this room. He's trying to speak to the body of Christ and Pineview Church. We've got to go into this new year forgiving ourselves and removing the guilt that prevents us from being a part of the kingdom of God like he wants us to be. Some of us are not called to be janitors in the kingdom. We've been called to be kings and priests and princesses and queens. We're not, we're not these low nobody just deserving it. No, we are all bought with the same price. We are all been purchased with the same blood. We are all eligible for forgiveness. Someone say amen. amen. So, Colossians 2, what does it say? He has forgiven all of our sins. He has utterly wiped out the, what? Evidence of what? Broken commandments which always hung over our heads. There it is. Hung over our heads. This is in Philip's translation. Hung over our heads. Guilt, 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 guilt. And has completely annulled it by nailing it to the cross. He nailed all of my sin to the cross. So what does Jesus want me to do with my guilt? Talk to me. Let's say it together. God, for what? Forgives instantly. He forgives completely. And he forgives what? Repeatedly. Too many times in our human experience, we put human emotions and human actions on God. If I walked up and I slapped Brother Carl every Sunday I saw him, there would be a point in his life where he says, I'm not forgiving that dude because he does it every week. And because we sin on a regular basis, especially with things we sin over and over and over about, we think that God is human and he doesn't like us or want to forgive us. 77. God can't remember by his own choosing. It's not that he can't. He decides not to. Every time you say, God, forgive me of sin X, Y, and Z, he says, okay, I forgive you. So in 12 hours when you commit that same sin, you say, God, forgive me of X, Y, and Z. He doesn't say, that's strike two. He doesn't say, I got a scoreboard. That's number 9,288. He goes, okay, 
I'll forgive you. That's his word. And if his word's not true, nothing we're doing is true. His word says it's not... Uh, the law said it was cumulative. <laughs> the sin got stacked up and you gave a sacrifice. It got pushed up for another year. Christ came and fulfilled the law. <laughs> Did away with that and said, what? I will forgive you. You just ask and I am faithful and just to forgive you of all your unrighteousness. So quit putting human thinking on God's wisdom, on God's command, on God's promises. He says, I'll forgive you like you had a clean because I can't remember, because I promised you I can't remember. I swore an oath, a covenant, that I cannot remember what you did. I don't think you're hearing me real clear, but I hope that you will think about what I just said because that's the book. That's what God's Word said. So, he forgives repeatedly. What? Christ is always interceding. How many are thankful for that? Yes. On our behalf. So, what Jesus does with my guilt, what? He forgives it instantly. He forgives completely. He forgives repeatedly. And lastly, but most importantly, he forgives what? Freely. Freely. We've talked about that word freely all night. Freely, freely, freely forgive. What does that word freely mean? It means you can't earn it. You have to obey it. You can't stack it up and buy it at a grocery store or a bank or any other place. It is a gift of God. And the way you access it is through obedience to His Word. You obey Him and you hear His voice. You live in His command. And he will what? Freely forgive you of all your unrighteousness. So those of you online that are listening, I appreciate you watching tonight because I really believe God wants to deliver you from guilt. Those of you in this room, I pray that you will go home and share this with somebody you know needs to hear this. Because I'm going to tell you right now, this is the main thing that is harming the church in this hour. There were things that were done during this period of COVID. People got Board. They were at home. They adventured in places they should have never went. They went and did things they should have never done. And this is what I'm encountering on a regular basis. God is calling us to live guilt-free, to live and forgive ourselves. Someone say amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this word. I pray tonight that you will allow us to just be full of your word and let your word work in our lives. Let it come, Lord, just inside of us so we can not just hear it, but be doers of this word. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shout amen. 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 God bless.